kids to go back to school. And some kids probably ready to go back to school. The 27th is monthly mission pledge due. And if you're planning on going on the bus trip to Branson, please turn in your $100 deposit as soon as possible. That's always a fun time to go to Branson. Uh, Pastor Meyer and Sister Meyer are down in Austin. They had a, a funeral to attend to. So if y'all want to stand, and we'll just open up in a prayer before they uh, lead us into worship. Father, we're thankful for this evening tonight, God. I just pray for an anointing upon this service tonight, Lord. I pray for an anointing upon the musicians tonight. I pray that you would keep your hand upon Pastor and Sister Meyer as they travel. Be with all the ones that are out this week traveling on vacation, God. Just have your way in this service and stir up spiritual gifts inside of us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. How many of you are thankful? Are you thankful for something? Thankful to God for saving your soul? Thankful for God to one day fill you with the Holy Ghost? Let you learn about the truth. Praise God. Let's sing together. Thanks. Thanks. I give you thanks for all. My soul has found rest, oh Lord, I give you thanks, 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 I give you thanks for all you've done, I am so blessed, my soul has found rest, oh Lord. I give you thanks, oh thanks, thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done, I am so blessed, my soul has found rest, oh Lord, I give you Thank him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Like a mighty, like a mighty rushing wind, move us. Like a river of joy, flow through us. Like a hot burning fire, consume us, Lord. Touch us and make us like you. Like a mighty rushing wind, move us. Like a river of joy, flow through us. Like a hot burning fire, consume us, Lord. Touch us and make us like you. Like a mighty rushing wind, move us. 
like a river of joy flow through us, like a hot burning fire consume us, Lord, touch us and make us like you, like a mighty rushing wind move us, like a river of joy flow through us, like a hot burning fire consume us, Lord, touch us and make us like you. Praise God. You can be seated. As I was reading this morning, and I was reading a familiar passage where they was on the boat, and the storm come, and the disciples, they, they got scared, and they go in there, and they wake up Jesus, and they're like, Master, save us, or should we perish? I mean, the storm is coming, and, and they were really nervous and scared about what was happening on that boat, and as Jesus, he got up, and he just said, wind and seas just be still and then they were just like well who is this guy that even the winds and the I mean they're going for help but yet they whenever they get the help that they ask for they're, they're in un, unbelief well who is this man he, even the winds and the seas obey him is it not too much for us to ask for as we get ready to take these prayer requests tonight that if we need a healing in our body and then he does something for us, is it not too much to believe that God can touch our bodies, he can heal our bodies, he can heal anything that's going on in you if it's his will. But yet we've got to have that faith and step out in that faith and believe it. I know that God can heal. I've watched him heal people. I've watched him, uh, I've never seen him raise up the dead. But I was uh, part of a guy, uh, Scott Taylor, Brother Philip Taylor's brother. He was on his pretty much deathbed over there in ICU. And me and Brother Philip, we got to lay hands on him and pray with him. And it was just a week or two later that Scott was out of the hospital. And now he was back at work. And, I mean, he's living a functional life. So I know that our God is able. So no matter what needs are going on tonight, uh, I believe that God can touch them. So we do have a few needs uh, Brother Dickey, he's having several health issues tonight and a lot of pain, and I'm believing in God to touch that situation. I'm believing that God be with you, Sister Dickey, tonight. Uh, Carla Clark, she needs prayers. Gloria Erskine, that's Sister Donna Howell's cousin, she had surgery. Keep her lifted up. Brother Darnell Little, he's had some surgery, and he needs some swelling to go down. Elias, she had a surgery. All these surgeries that... God has given these men the ability to fix their bodies, but yet our bodies don't react to the way that the doctors do it if the master physician had just done it. And, but we've got to go through this healing process. Eli Green, Greg Morton, he needs a kidney transplant. Robert Walker, he still has pain. David Wright, he's battling a severe health issue. We need to continue to pray for Brother Proctor and Sister Proctor tonight. I'm believing in God in that situation. And I just believe that God can do anything. If The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm with you. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So if we stand tonight and we take these needs to, 
uh, in front of the Lord. If you have a need in your body, if you want to come down to the front and get anointed with oil, I believe in the power of prayer with oil. Father, we're thankful for this evening, God. I pray that you would touch these needs tonight, God. You know the need. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over Brother Dickie tonight, God, that you would touch his body. I pray for the pain to cease inside of his body tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray for Sister Vicky tonight, God, that you would strengthen her. God, give my brother proctor strength tonight lord as as he ministers your word tonight god i pray for every need that was read before you tonight god continue to be with pastor and sister meyer lord as they travel tonight god be with our president be with our nation lord lift up the leaders of our nation oh god let us humble ourselves before your throne tonight in jesus He's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. He's a wonder. He's a miracle. He's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. Do you believe it? He's a miracle-working God. He's a wonder. He's a miracle. He's a miracle. Somebody's here and I know it is the Lord. Somebody's here and I know it is Jesus. Somebody's here and I know it is the Lord. He's a miracle working God. He's a miracle Sunday I got to go back into Telford and uh, one of the first requests was uh, that they needed some more oil those men believe in the power of prayer with oil and they they're not afraid to use it they carry it around in their pockets it's probably contraband but uh, they use it and uh, we had a we had a beautiful service Sunday morning the Spirit of the Lord was there. Uh, last time I was there in May, it seemed like every time I go there, they get on lockdown right after I leave because the Spirit of God moves. So I don't know if they'll go on lockdown next week or, or when, but we had 109 in service Praise Sunday morning. God. And God was just pouring out His Spirit. Those men were real responsive to the message. Uh, and they were real responsive to the worship. And that's one thing that we've instilled whenever we go over there is we take a spirit with us and 
it's because of the prayers of this church that's been prayed for years and years and years uh, and the blood, sweat, and tears that's been poured into that prison over there that I'm able to reap what some of them have sowed years ago. And I'm thankful to be a part of that. And I'm just thankful for the anointing that God provides for us because it's never easy to go into that place to preach to those men. It's just, it's everything comes against you. As I was getting my message ready, uh, technology, I had it on my phone, everything that I wanted to say and uh, just trying to make PowerPoints and I go to my printer and I print it up and it was four pages and it would only print the first two. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Because you can't take any type of technology in there. So I called Brother Randy and I said, look, I said, my printer's down. And he said, well, email it to me. Well, the next morning I was trying to email it to him and the email wasn't sending. I'm like, all right, God, maybe this ain't the message you want me to preach to him, but you're going to have to give me something quick because this is what it has been on my mind for several months uh, about God giving me this message for the men. And finally it went through and I knew that God did not want, or the devil did not want me to preach that message because he tried to do everything he could to keep me from doing it. But it was like after I had all the notes and after you've studied and you've just prepared everything and then the spirit of the anointing just comes on you and boom, you don't even need that kind of stuff. But I, I did refer back to it some. Uh, but as the ushers get ready to come and we receive our Wednesday night tithes and offering, uh, one thing I asked those men Sunday, I said, did you come here to give or did you come here to get something from God? Because it's easy to come here all the time just to get something, to receive something from God. And even though they can't offer in a tithe or an offering up there, I just express to them that you can offer him worship because the Lord loves worship. And those men like to worship, and they're not afraid to worship. They're not afraid to get out and jump up and down and run. And uh, I don't know, the chaplain don't really seem to appreciate it, and the guards, they think we're getting out of hand, but hey, that's what they did in the Bible, and that's what we're going to do. So as we get ready to take our tithe and offering, Thank you, Jesus. Father, we're thankful for this time, this opportunity to give back to you, Lord. I pray that you would bless this offering. I pray, pray that you would bless those that have to give and those that do not. Lord, I just pray that you would take this money and bless it to the furtherance of your kingdom and let your will be done. In Jesus', Jesus. name. As I travel through this pilgrim land, there is a friend who walks with me. He leads me safely through the sinking sand. It is the Christ of Calvary. Oh, this would be my prayer, dear Lord, each day to help me do the best I can. For I need thy light to guide me day and night. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Oh, Jesus, hold my hand. I need thee every hour. Through this pilgrim land, protect me by thy Jesus. Yes. 
travel in the light divine that I may see the blessed way and keep me that I may be holy thine and sing redemption song someday oh I will be a soldier brave and true and ever firmly take a stand and as I onward go and daily meet the foe blessed Jesus hold my hand oh Jesus hold my hand I need thee every hour through this pilgrim land protect me by the Somebody, you know, there's a story about Brother Proctor. Uh, it goes back to Philip. I know he, uh, he always bragged on Brother Proctor, and he said one time Ashley was sick, and he said, I called Brother Proctor out there, and he said it wasn't no big elaborate prayer. He's, he's like, God, heal this girl, and Ashley's fever broke just right then. And so that's what I always like. As one of my spiritual giants, if y'all would just give Brother Proctor a hand clap as he comes to take this microphone tonight and bring us the word. Praise the Lord, everyone. God bless you. You may be seated. It's always a pleasure to be here and uh, enjoy uh, being able to beer when I can. Of course, I appreciate you praying for my wife, and and she wants to go home. And and uh, I just hopefully that the Lord will grant her request if it be His will. And uh, but it's, uh, but the Lord knows what He's doing. Do you hear me? I said the Lord knows what He's doing. Come on, say it like you believe it. The Lord knows what he's doing. And we have to, either we trust him or we don't trust him. You know, I, I, there's an old proverb that I read one time. What is friendship? 
Friendship is when silence is comfortable. When you become comfortable with a friend, you don't hear from them. I have dear friends that are very close to me, and I don't hear from them often, but I do know that if I'm in trouble, they're going to be here. I know that for a fact because they've done it before. But we don't talk that often. But just because you don't see that friend all the time. And you've got to remember, too, that the teacher never speaks in the middle of a test. She's totally quiet because the student has got to take the test. And God allows things to come our way. He's testing us. He's allowing things to try us and and we just get up and we move on and we got a choice. We can either break and run or we can stand firm and say, I'm going to make it through it. I'm not going to back down one bit because that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do is back down. But there's no place to go but forward. And so it, it, was, it was said of Chesty Puller. He was a... Uh, uh, the highest decorated Marine in Marine Corps history. Never been another one. He won five Navy crosses. That's the highest award you can receive. And he said, I was born for war. And he was surrounded one time, and the troops were surrounding him. Some of his officers come and said, Colonel, we're going to, he, he died a general, but he said, Colonel, we're going to have to surrender. And he said a few words, I don't think it would be good to repeat, but he said, did y'all want to live forever? Shoot in any direction and you'll hit something. And that's the way it goes when you walk in the spirit of faith. You just shoot in any direction, you're going to hit something. <clears throat> because there's opposition that's trying to oppose you constantly all the time. It doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how much you read the word. It doesn't matter how close you are to God. Brother, Brother Jeff, <coughs> you said it right. When you go into that prison, and I've been there before, and that's how I started my ministry was in the jailhouses, and, and I applaud this jail ministry. I've been there. I got tickled one time. They, uh, they, you know, give us the rules, and we understand the rules. And I got tired, and I just walked up to the front row, and I looked at one of them prisoners. I said, I'm tired. Scoot over. He scooted over, and I, said, I just kept on preaching. <coughs> God did move. Those men are hungry. Those men are desperate. Well, they don't have, I got tickled. One of them told me, he said, you come back. We'll be here. <laughs> We're going to be here. Come on, I'm going to tell you, you need to make up your mind. I need to make up my mind. We're going to tell hell. We're going to tell everybody else. I'm going to be here. It doesn't matter what takes place. I'm going to be here. <coughs> I told Brother Meyer, I said, if the Lord allows my wife to go home, I'll be at service the next service, and I'll shout out from the top of my lungs. Don't weep. It's time to rejoice. The battle is over. The battle is over. Come on, somebody hear me. God knows where you're at. He understands you when you don't understand yourself. <clears throat> he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down. Have you noticed that? He makes me. You didn't, you know, when I make you do something, you don't have a choice. One time years ago, I was traveling a lot more. Of course, I traveled for 30 years, and at this time, I was really, really busy and and I felt the Lord tell me you need to stop for a while. But I was so busy trying to make a living, so busy being pressurized by some pastors. You need to come. I need you now. 
And I'd go, and I was so tired. And then my health, you know, God, he can stop anything. But sometimes he just chooses not to violate the laws of nature. Sometimes he chooses to go another way. And I got very ill that time. Many of you remember that's when I started having epileptic seizures. And I was sitting there in a the chair that afternoon. And, and if this offends anybody, I'm sorry. Just going to have to get over it. I'm not trying to sound spiritual. I'm just trying to show you the kind of God that you live for. And so I was sitting there in that chair and I was wondering what I'm going to do. And the Lord, it was still, it was early spring and it was still cold outside. And the sun was setting in the west and, and I could just see, I saw a vision of beautiful grass and I saw a little deer that was just barely moving because it was so thirsty and it fell and his snout fell into the water and he began to drink. And the Lord told me, he said, I told you to slow down and you wouldn't. But now I have made you slow down. But notice where I put you. I made you to lay down in green pastures. You can count on it. Anytime God puts you somewhere, he's not going to put you in a place that's going to hurt you. He's not going to put you in a situation that's going to destroy you because he's in love with you. I used to hear preachers, we used to hear it a lot over the years, and, and they'd get up and they'd preach Inkabod, Inkabod. And, and as I got older and realized as an evangelist, I knew what they was doing. You know, I learned a lot of what not to do as an evangelist by watching some evangelists and, uh, and going to churches. I learned what not to do by, when pastoring people. And, and so uh, I was, I was uh, and there, there now, uh, I remember even in our own church, preachers would come by and there would be a certain individual, uh, Aunt Jane, they would always zero in on them and they'd say, I see Inkabod written over the top of your head. You remember those days? Yeah. Inkabod is written on the top of your head. If you don't come to these altars tonight, uh, you, the Lord is going to lift his spirit uh, <coughs> and nothing would happen. But you know, years go by. Isn't it amazing? If God is through, God is through. He's not going to come back and do it again. But you know, that same person got the Holy Ghost. I thought, where is Ichabod now? Can I tell somebody here? He doesn't want to destroy you. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you in a way that we get upset. He's in love with you. Yes, it grieves him when we do wrong. But I'm here to tell you, God does not want a, a quitter. You don't have to win every fight you fight, but you got to keep the fight. It doesn't matter if you lose the fight, just keep on fighting. You may be weary and you may be tired, but just keep on a swinging. It doesn't matter how discouraged you get, you're going to be discouraged. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I'm with you always. Come on, somebody hear me. God knows what he's doing. We just, uh, I was in church one time and a young lady walked up to me and, you know, I, 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 I wish some of the things I've been told I did was true. Boy, I wish it was true. Then I'm glad some of the things I've been told wasn't true. So I'll just settle for the truth. Thank you, Brother Jeff. And the truth is, if anything gets done, he does it. 
I've never healed anybody. I've never filled anybody with the Holy Ghost. I've never, I've never delivered anybody. It's been the power of Jesus that did it. And so I had a young lady walk up to me in a church one time, and I don't know why. And she's just wringing her hands. And I looked at her. I said, hey, how's it going, sis? And, and uh, she said, man, she sounded like Elmer Fudd. I'm, 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 I'm. And finally she got it out. And she said, has the Lord spoke to you about me? I said, no, honey. He's too busy working on me right now to be worried about you. Come on, I'm here to tell you that all of us have troubles. I've heard people say, I don't have any troubles. Well, you're a liar or, or an idiot one. Job said, man's days are few and full of trouble. Everybody's got trouble. But everybody's got a God if they'll run to him. That'll help you in the midst of your trouble. <clears throat> I, I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. That, uh, you know, I got tickled talking about school starting. And, and you know, and I work at the high school. And uh, I don't get off in the summer. I work year-round uh, because I, I found out I could make a little bit more money, and so that's what I did. They just give me a two-week vacation, and the others are getting that two-and-a-half months of just laying up and doing nothing. And you know, two-and-a-half months is a long time not to work. I'm a working machine. I don't, I'll be honest with you. No brag, just facts. I'm just telling you, even the foreman said, he works like a madman. He doesn't stop. He goes fast, and I do. I enjoy working that way. I like it when I feel good. I don't have the energy I had four years ago because I'm dealing with a lot more things than I did four years ago. And uh, I, I had to, a foreman told me, he said, the supervisor said, we understand what's going on. I appreciate a job like I've got. They allow me to go check on my wife. They don't dock me. They don't worry me about it because they say, we know you'll get your job done. We're not worried about that. Take care of your wife and I thank God for that. But I'm here to tell you that, that I'm, I'm up there and I've looked at them teachers and I mean those uh, parents that are coming around and <coughs> it was really busy today and I, I get a kick out of it when I go into the store. I said, well, have you enjoyed your summer? And those kids will say, yeah, I did. And I, I look at the parents I said, our favorite two days. When our daughter was a kid was the day she got out of school and the day she went back to school. Come on, we just got tired of her being stuck around the house all the time. I got tickled, you know, Jensie, who wants you to know, she, she's an author. She's written, uh, I think, four books now, and she does real well with it. And, and I hear comments from uh, all types of pastors. And, and uh, I put it on Facebook the other day. I said, I'm so proud. Everybody calls her Jay. I said, I said I'm so proud of Jay. But, you know, she did get her, her abilities from her daddy. She got them from me, her smarts. And everybody, of course, they knew where the ability come from. It come from mama. Mama had the smarts. I remember Jensen come in one time. I think she's in the third grade. And she said, Dad, where's mom? I said, well, what you need? She said, where's mom? I said, I said, Jim, mom's busy. What do you need? She said, Dad, this is too hard for you. <laughs> come on. But you know, I didn't get discouraged. I, 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 just, I just buckled up. When I first got the Holy Ghost in 1970, I made a lot of blunders and still do. I get tired of these cat daddies walking around like they're some kind of a spiritual guru and they've never made a mistake. And the first time somebody does something, they want to blow them out of the water. 
Come on, the Bible talks about extending mercy. Those of you that are strong, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest she fall into temptation. That's what the book says. You, you read about or you hear about what so-and-so. You know, Facebook is really, it's a, you know, does anybody remember the party lines? You know, it would ring three times and then one short, that's yours. Then ring three long, that's theirs. But when you pick it up, if you'd listen real close, you'd hear somebody breathing. They're trying to listen in, and they was listening. You'd say, would you please hang up? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was my ring. Fifteen minutes into the phone call. Well, Facebook is just nothing in the world but a party line. People get on there, and they fuss at each other. I got tickled. I read something today. said, I hate it when I see couples argue. I hate it. Because when I get there late, I don't know who to be mad at. And some people get on there and they tell everything, they know about everything, and they wonder why people know their business. Duh. Duh. I told somebody, man, you got through typing and ended up in the Philippines. I got a lot of friends on Facebook in the Philippines, and, and, uh, and they'll text me and they'll, they'll talk to me about the church and what's going on, and, and then I'll say something about some word. They'll say, what does that mean? I said, you're in a tizzy. What's a tizzy? I was preaching in an all-Mexican church one time, and they said they didn't need an interpreter. And I was up there just to preach it away. And I said, if you're not careful, you'll get yourself in a tizzy. And some Mexican brother back, he said, hey, amigo, what's a tizzy? Come on, you go. You know, every culture has got its own lingo. And, and, uh, but I'm going to tell you, you know, you know, Paris, Texas is different than any place I've ever been around. And I've traveled and been to a lot of cities. Do you know, Brother Ronnie, the accent changes from Paris to Honey Grove? We don't say Paris, we say pass. I went to the stove the other day and one of them said, I said, I'm going to get some chicken. She said, is you? You know, you don't hear that everywhere you go. But there is a, there is a different culture everywhere you go. Go way down there in Louisiana and the bayous and you hear them talking about the crawfish pie and and filet gumbo, and, and they carry on. But let me tell you something about the church. It doesn't matter if you're in the swamps of Louisiana or the high-rise hotel in downtown New York. The same God is the same God today that he was yesterday. He's not going to turn his back on you. Come on, discouragement will ride with you. Discouragement lives in king's palaces. Discouragement lives in, eight, in section eight houses. Discouragement will show up at your office desk. Discouragement will show up beside your bedside. But what you've got to do is remind yourself of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. He's put me where I'm at. And I'm going to stay here till he's through. Come on, let's praise him. You know why I believe a lot of people backslide? I don't, I don't believe it's because they just really don't want to live for God all the time. I hear people say, well, if they didn't want to live for God, they get discouraged. They get the feeling like, I can't do it. You can talk yourself 
into misery. You can talk yourself into depression. And Brother Ronnie Martin, if you can talk yourself into depression, you can talk yourself out of depression. I got tickled one day at school. I was, I was mopping the floor, and I heard some footsteps, and I said, Lucas, I just kept walking. I said, uh, you're not fooling me. He started laughing. He said, how did you know it was me, Mr. Proctor? I said, by the sound of your footsteps. I said, did you know you, you, you can memorize, you can learn people's footsteps if they're wearing a hard show, a hard seat, you know, like boots. Now, tennis shoes, you couldn't do it unless they're on the gravel. I've been at the track walking before, and somebody be walking up behind me. I said, good morning, Gwen. And she'd go to laughing. I said, I can hear your footsteps. Come on, you can, you can hear somebody's footsteps and you know who it is after a while. You, because everybody's got a unique way of walking. Come on, if you'll listen close enough, you'll learn the sound of his footsteps. You'll know where he's at. He's right in the middle of it with you. He's not turned his back on you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And get it out of your mind. He's not going to give up on you. Working, like I said, with high school kids, you hear all kinds of things. And, and I got to be, you know, close to them, and they're close to me. And some of them will just open up and talk tell me some things that's bothering them. And it's pretty amazing what goes on in our world today. You, you, you know, we, our children are blessed. You got a mom and dad that lives for God. I tell young people, you know, when you have a mom and dad lives for God, and I learned a valuable lesson whenever I, I, I was first started evangelizing. I walked up to a young person, and just because they're in the church don't mean they're living for God. Well, I'm going to say it again. You didn't get it. Just because they're coming to church doesn't mean they're living for God. And I told this young lady, I looked at this woman, I said, this lady, you know, that's the mother. I said, she's the best friend you got. And she looked at me and go, the pastor told me later, he said, that woman is so abusive, it's unreal, but she can come to church and just turn it on. Come on, but I'm here to tell you God keeps good records. Are you hearing me? God keeps good records. I don't know what's going on in your life tonight, but God's keeping good records. The devil says, yeah, he's remembering every time you fell. But yeah, but he's also remembering every time you got back up. And he's remembering every time you said, I won't give up. You can beat yourself in the head so much that you just give up and you're so discouraged. And, and Michael Jordan, somebody made mention about him having so many, what was it? Uh, I don't remember how many goals uh, he made in basketball. He said, everybody talks about how many I made, but they don't talk about the 10,000 that I missed. The heavy, the heavy hitters like Babe Ruth, he struck, he, he, he made 634 uh, home runs, but he struck out over 1,000 times. And you've you got people in the church, and we get discouraged because we'll see somebody over here, they're just blooming and going and going, but they're not in the trial that you're in. But God's got you in a special place. Don't you get discouraged in yourself. Don't you get discouraged at how things are going. Just get up and shake yourself. The Lord is is my shepherd. Somebody told me one time, said, 
trying to be smart, said, you made it funny. I said, so did your mama. You need to take the shield of faith. Plink, 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 plink. Your mama, plink, plink, plink. It doesn't matter what the devil's telling you. It doesn't matter what the flesh is telling you. If you'll just get up and go again. Keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep believing. Keep praying. But don't get too discouraged. Words are, you've heard the elders say it many times, words are vehicles in which spirits move, but you, you can tell what people really think by what they talk about. But you've got to judge things closely, and you've got to balance everything with the word. Now, I'm mostly Native American, Cherokee, and a, and a couple other tribes. The white man just took the skin. But I'm going to tell you that... Uh, if you listen to it, it sounds good. See, the devil knows how to say things, Brother Jeff, that sounds good. And here's what it says, the, the, the native, say, native tribe saying is, listen to the wind, it speaks. Listen to the silence, it hears. Listen to the heart, it knows. Does anybody catch the flaw? The heart is desperately wicked above all things, who can know it? You and I cannot afford to go by our heart because our heart will deceive us. You can listen to the wind. Yeah, you can hear things. You can listen to the silence. Yeah, you can hear it. But I'm here to tell you, when it comes to your heart, you got to balance it with the word of God. And the devil tells you you're a failure. But God said, I don't make failures. The devil said you won't make it. But the word of God says, whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Had someone told me recently, it shocked me. They said, you know, I knew you as a preacher. I don't go around telling people I'm a preacher. It's like these people wearing them fish, those fishes or crosses around their neck. You don't have to do all that. People know you're a child of God. People, you know, you, you, uh, we, got, we got students out there and the parents and the teachers will say they act just like their daddy. And I'll meet the dad, and the dad's a nice guy, but the kids, even the girls, they like just like their daddy. You know, when you when you got the spirit of daddy about you, you're going to act like him. You don't have to put on a big show for the whole world to know. And I, someone was telling me, and I said, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm a failure a lot of times. I said, you're not a failure. They don't even live for God. They said, you know, I knew you as a preacher the first time I met you. I said, how, how, do you, how do you know I was a preacher? The way you talk. I could just tell it. I said, you're kidding me. No, I could tell it. You're a preacher. Come on, you don't have to go around hollering, I'm a child of God. Come on, if you, you, just, you just keep on believing and you keep on being kind. You know, one of the biggest things really upsets me, uh, Brother Jeff, is whenever I go to go to a Brookshire and I, that's the only store I go into hardly ever go to any other, that and dollar store. I just don't like the, the Walmart, the big barn and I don't care nothing about Kroger, the atmosphere and I just don't care about it. You know, I'm just, I'm, I like my little closeness there. 
And I go in there, and, uh, and I had one of the ladies, and she's not a fault fighter. She's just talking to me. She said, you know what? Mr. Proctor gets me on Sunday morning. Some of these Sunday morning Christians, they are the most hateful customers we've ever had. Boy, isn't that a shame? And you, you hear people say, well, you know, she just got cranky since she got old. You didn't believe that lie when you told it. She was cranky when she was young. Now she's an old bat and don't care who knows it. <laughs> One of them walked off one time and said, man, she got a nasty waddle on her. Look at her. Girl, there's seven varieties of nastiness about her attitude. I thought about, I told somebody that a woman walked up, I said, I bet she's a peach to live with. How would you like to wake up to a cup of soured milk every morning? Some people do. Get around men and women, and, and the man or the woman, either one's always saying, I love you, I adore you. Oh, you're so bad. You can count on it. Usually that's demanded. That's expected. You know, Brother Jeff, you don't have to go around telling me how much you love your, life, your, your wife. You show it. It's evident. You're meat, dead meat if you don't. Something she won't put up with, bub. No, you don't have to do that. You can just sense it. When someone cares, uh, someone told me one time, they said, what I appreciate about you the most, Brother Proctor, is is not your preaching, not your style of preaching. And I love to hear you preach. Is that you always talking about your wife and how much you love your wife? I didn't even realize it. I said, man, I'm hitting a home run already, and uh, I'm doing good here. And they didn't know that me and the wife just had a blowout just before I left. Any of y'all ever had a blowout? Any of y'all ever been called a liar? I'm thinking, do it. You know, you can't live with a woman very long without arguing with her. If you think a man knows everything, God have mercy. <laughs> I made some chicken salad the other day, and people there at Brookshire said, bring me some, I want to taste it. Now, did you get that chicken over there, or did you get it? I said, what do you mean, did I get it? You're getting it free. It don't matter where I got it, I made it. And my hands are clean. Man, when I make chicken salad, I'll take four of those big chicken breasts. I put them in the crock pot and I cook them till they just tear apart. I take them out, put them in the refrigerator, let them get cold. And then I bone them out and take them, make sure there's no bones there. And then I jibble it up and I take the whole stock of, of, of celery. I, you know, that's, that's that stuff got that hair on it. You bite into it, you're chewing hair for 30 minutes. Uh, but you string it off, and then you chop it all up good. And then I take a whole onion, and I pour it, I chop it up real fine, and I put it in there. And then I take nearly a jar of Miracle Whip, and nearly a jar, one of them smaller jars of sweet pickle relish, and seven eggs, uh, and I mix it all together. And then I got a pan that'll last you for several days if you don't have a bunch of selfish people that want some. Yeah. Man, I've become a connoisseur of fine food. I got so tickled that Sister Denise, you know, she is so hateful. She is, 
Jerry Fryer's and I, we'll get on her, but we'll get her going. Because it don't take much. But anyway, <laughs> and if she's watching, she's going to say, I'm going to kill him. But uh, she said, I don't know if the cooking was any good, but that stovetop sure is clean. You know what that tells me? She's nosy. Matter of fact, all them women are nosy. 99% of them didn't talk about how good my food looked. Oh, that stove is so clean. I thought, you bunch of nuts. Man, I've been in here slaving and toiling and had sweat dropping all in. No, no not really. <laughs> the guy walked in. It's a true story. This guy walked into a steakhouse, and, and, uh, and he said, man, I was hungry for a steak. And he said, hey, man, how's the steak going? Here's her. And sweat was dropping off of him onto the T-bones, onto the river. He said, well, forget it. I'm not in the hunger for steak today anyway. Come on. But you know, that's the way life is. Just things happen. But can I just assure you of this again one more time? It may, we may get cross with one another as a brother or sister, but we're going to make it right. We may not understand each other, but we're not going to let nobody else talk bad about us. I'm not going to let nobody run you down. You're not going to let nobody run me down. That's my brother. That's my sister. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Come on, somebody. We've all got trouble. so tickled I, they put a post on Facebook had a picture of me I said hmm be styling and profiling I said wow you notice most preachers preachers when they get a picture they show one when they're in the 30s and they're 72 right now <laughs> they show one when they're full of vim, vigor and vitality but when you see them they're just cripping right along there's something about the human nature. We just don't want to turn loose of the youth. But the youth is going to go whether you like it or not. I was talking to some people about the weather the other day, and they're talking about how that, uh, said, man, I've never seen this. But you know, we've had it this hot many times. Does anybody remember several years ago, about 15 years ago, the actual temperature was 114? So you already forgot. Do you know that the next year the temperature was 98 and somebody said, it's never been this hot. I said, you've already forgot. Humans are funny. Well, they, had a, they had an earthquake in Stillwater while I passed through the church there at Oatmogan. We lived in March, which is seven miles out of, out of uh, uh, Oatmogan. And uh, they had an earthquake, but the tremors come all the way down to, to uh, uh, Mars. And, and it cracked the walls and broke windows and knocked pictures off the walls. And, and uh, the next day, tremors, tremors. Does somebody say tremors? Do you get the picture? The next day, a woman had a T-shirt on. I survived the earthquake of Mars. <laughs> Drama queens. Drama kings. We got a school full of them. I don't put up with their nonsense. Hey, drama king, queen, move on. I got work to do. I don't have time to look at your tears. You're only crying because you're not getting your way. 
Sometimes God puts us through things we don't get our way and we want to cry. No, a true soldier stands firm and says, yes, sir, I'm here to serve and not have my way. But it's amazing how we humans are. I like what one preacher said. He said, people are funny and we are people. Every one of us got our own little twerpy ways. Every one of us got this idea about us that this is the way it's got to be. But then God puts us through the mill and he says, no, this is the way it's going to be. Your plans are to do this and do that, but God takes another course. And, and for four years you're sitting there and wondering and they're still calling saying, I want you to come when you can. And now you're at the age wondering, do I even want to travel anymore? But do you know what? It doesn't matter what I want to do. If that's what God wants me to do, that's what I got to do. Come on, Brother Jeff, I know there's time. You get up, get ready to go to the prison. And there's something on the inside that says, I'm just too tired. I'm wore down. But there's something else burning like a fire on the inside. I can't wait to get there to share the word of God. Everybody's had dreams that fell apart. You know, I got so tickled the other day. I was watching people's grocery shop, and I have never in my life noticed it. I'm sure it's always been this way, but I've just never noticed it. The men that are grocery shopping with the women, and there's a man and woman that was haggling over the price of something, and all of a sudden she barked at him and he barked at her. You know, when women get mad, they talk through their teeth. Look like one of them little chihuahua. And I stopped and looked at him. I said, I'm loving it, kids. And they both got tickled. They said, these grocery prices, they're outrageous. They are. I said, but I'll tell you what's crazier than that. He said, what? I've never seen the like. I never thought I'd see men going along with a wife as a protector to buy groceries. Looks like they're on guard duty. He got to laughing about it. But I've never noticed it. Maybe it's always been that way. But, you know, you remember, you remember downtown, Sister Joanne, when you used to have those dress shops downtown Paris with bells and belts and pennies, and they'd have all those dress shops. And people at nighttime, you could drive all hours of the night, and they'd just drive what they're doing to window shopping. What that's what they're doing right now in the meat counter. They're just shopping. They're window shopping. They can't afford it. They pick it up, look it down, and then they, I've, I've, said them, I've had them say to you, me, they say, well, you know, well, I used to wait until it was reduced, but it's still high when it's only reduced. What in the world is people to do that's got three and four kids? I don't know. I'm not there. I thank God I'm not there. But I'm here to tell you right now, if you've got a problem financially, if you've got a problem health-wise, God's got the grace to see you through. He may have a choice to let you go through a suffering time, but God will make a way for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He made me lay down here. I didn't want to. He said, this is where you're going to lay. But while you're here, I'm going to take care of you. And that year, for six months, I could not drive. State of Texas, you have a seizure. You cannot drive for six months. And then 
I got a check in the mail. He said, we're going to be sending you a check every month for the next six months. Then I had another check come in the mail. In that six months, I had over $10,000 sent to me from preachers and churches. And what did the Lord tell me? I'm going to take care of you. I remember I was preaching for a guy, Brother Alton Thornhill. He was in El Reno, Oklahoma. And I've always been a worker. I'm not, I'm not afraid to work. And, and, you know, a lot of the evangelists, they go preach revivals, and they like to stay up till about 3 o'clock and then get up about noon and, and go in there and say, Man, I, 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 I've watched it. I've watched it. They'll go in the church and they'll walk around a while and say, well, I've been with the Lord all day long. I said, my, my God, have mercy. One preacher told me he, he demanded I be at the church all day long. He, he said, I won't have a preacher won't fast and pray all day long. Oh, I, I just a bunch of nonsense. So I went on with the game, you know. I, didn't, I wasn't going to create no trouble. And so he would drop me off and then he'd go back home and go to bed. <laughs> but what he didn't know, I'd, I'd do my praying. I'd do my Bible reading, and then I'd break out my jam box and pull out Matt Dillon and Paladin and get me a 20-ounce Diet Coke and some red, red, red peanuts, and I would just eat them, and I'd nut up there saying, this man been praying and fasting all day long. I didn't say a word. You said, you should have said, you should have told him, no, no, a big mouth bass wouldn't have got caught if he kept his mouth shut. I'd been listening to Gunsmoke. You know, it was on radio before it was ever on television. William Conrad was Matt Dillon. And every time he turned around, he said, get out of Dodge. It's always get out of Dodge. And, and I was praying with this woman one night, and, and then, boy, she wasn't getting any word. And I, I don't even know why I did it. I don't know why I did it such a big thing. But I put my, I backed up looking at her, and I said, devil, get out of Dodge. Blah, 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 blah. She started talking in tongues. And some preacher there started calling me two-gun proctor. Hey, whatever works, do it. If you got to get you a can out of the trash and get you a spoon and walk to the house and praise God, do it. If you got to go outside and walk around your house and praise God, but don't sit there in your dilemma and say, I'm going to die. Say, I'm going to survive. I don't know how it's going to come out, but I will be a winner. Oh, let's stand and love the Lord. I've got to get back to the house pretty quick because Brother, brother uh, uh, yeah, Sister Dawn, her husband let me borrow her tonight, so she's sitting with my wife. Well, my wife loves Sister Dawn. And uh, she's, uh, Dawn is so sweet. She's always bringing her cookies. She's always bringing her something. She'll say, now this... This, now, Brother Proctor, you, you eat a piece of this cake right here. It's to die for. I said, my God, I've never eaten anything I want to die for. I've had food poison, but I don't know. But I bit into that, and my taste buds went in the chalk. I nearly had a seizure. But i got to get back and let her get home to her family. All I ask you to do is ask the Lord to have his way.
But if he could see it in his will to let her go home, because all that darling has known for 40 years is sickness. That's all she's known. Her mama, her dad, myself, her. It's time to rest. It's time to rest. But in the middle of it all, I refuse to be depressed. You hear me? I'm not wanting sympathy. I want to drive a point home. I don't care what you're going through. Don't, get, don't be depressed. Come on, greet one another. Say, I won't be depressed. In Jesus' name, you're dismissing the fear of the Lord. I won't be depressed.